0: Welcome to the first episode of From Fear to Faith, a podcast series from Desire and Truth and Anne Absalom. Lord, we pray as we hear your words, let them settle in our heart and mean something to us. In your precious name, Amen. The uh, most frequent command in scripture is, uh, do not be afraid. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. Surely I will uphold you with, both, with my righteous right hand. Do not be afraid. Over and over again we are told in, in the Bible not to be afraid. But at the same time, in a strange way, in, uh, for example, in Proverbs 9 verse 10, we are told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And often to explain that seeming contradiction, we say that fearing the Lord is reverencing or respecting him as if somehow that's different from the various phobia type of fears or terror that we might have. Of course there is a difference, but think about it. When we're afraid of anything other than God, we are in fact respecting that thing, giving it a place that it shouldn't have, in a way revering it, honouring it, exalting it. The fact that we are commanded not to be afraid so often about anything other than God certainly shows us that living without fear is a thing that we have to consciously put all our effort into. Living without fear is not easy. It requires all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. And because it's not easy, we're also told the reason that we're not to be afraid. We are not to be afraid because God is with us. That is the reason God gives to each person throughout Scripture. I am with you, therefore you need not be afraid. But of course the instinct to worry or be anxious or to fear is strong and so God knows that it will take real effort, real commitment and consecration on our part and that's why in all areas of our life, under any and every situation, God asks from us nothing less than full surrender to him. Nothing less than that we love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. I just read in Proverbs 9 that Solomon tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, actually, what is wisdom? Wisdom, uh, by definition, is the correct use of knowledge. And so, when we're thinking about how will I be wise, how will I gain wisdom, the obvious answer is then to get and grow in our knowledge of the Lord. And knowledge in Scripture, in the Bible, is always experience. So to know God means not just that we know about Him, that we know, for example, that He is God, that He is uh, powerful, that He is mighty, but that we are in a relationship with Him. Knowing in, in the Bible is always knowing by experience. And we actually experience facets of, of our relationship with Him every day. So in order then to get this relationship and then go deeper and get closer to him, he tells us something else. We must run after him, seek after God with all our heart, and then we must put our trust in him. If we do this, what might we expect to happen? I think two things. First, we'll be putting God in his rightful place far above all other created things and secondly we will start to look at everything else in the light of what we know about God. This is wisdom, this is the correct use of knowledge, this is God's answer to our question, what shall I do when I'm afraid? Take a look at Psalm 56 verse 3. Psalm 56. I'm just trying to get there in my in my Bible. Psalm 56, verse 3. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? It's important right off the bat, I think, to see that the psalm doesn't say... I never get afraid I never struggle with fear but rather when I am afraid this is what I do I put my trust in God and Peter in the New Testament tells us exactly the same thing flip over in your bible if you have one to first peter chapter 1 and we're going to read uh, verse uh sorry first peter chapter f- uh 5 verse 7 uh first peter chapter 5 verse 7 uh Cast all your anxiety on him, on God, because he cares for you. Peter is speaking about the work of the enemy and the ways that we are to resist him. If we go back to verse 6 in the same chapter and read all the way through to verse 11, we get the context in which he has said, don't be anxious, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Look at verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little while... The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion, for ever and ever. Amen. As we can see from the context here, Peter is speaking about the work of the enemy and the ways that we are to resist him in the midst of circumstances that bring us suffering and pain, and therefore cause us to become fearful or anxious and then to hold on to that anxiety. But more than that, he says, if you, as you respond to the work of the enemy by humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, by keeping your eyes on him as mighty, powerful, sovereign God, as you keep your eyes on the fact that you are powerless in this situation, but you are in a relationship with the God who is able to do anything, um... That through that uh, suffering, through your humbling, God will exalt you and perfect, which means complete or mature and confirm, strengthen and establish you, and more, you will not be afraid. What we see here is so fundamental to our understanding of God and how he works and to our understanding of the work of the enemy towards us and how we resist him standing firm in our faith. Fear and anxiety come out of the circumstances of this world, out of our correct understanding that we are not in control of anything, and then our response to that understanding. The enemy of our soul wants to cause us to go to pieces under the weight of that understanding rather than to come to the one who is in control and who has already promised that he causes all things to work together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we must begin by asking ourselves the question, when we are afraid, do we come to the Lord humbly, accepting that his ways are not our ways, that he is the great I am, the sovereign most high God, the one who has promised to protect us by his power through our faith, or do we allow ourselves to dwell in the fear of circumstances, letting them overwhelm us without looking up and focusing on God? This is what... um, We're going to be looking at and dealing with in uh, the course of these uh, next series of podcasts. Do we understand exactly what fear is, how it leads to anxiety and how it is the work of the enemy of our souls? But more than that, we will look at the ways and examples that God has given to us to to enable us to overcome in the strength of Christ and lay hold of the victory that he has already won. Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, In this world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And in Acts, we are told that Jesus came to Paul in a vision with these words. Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 9 and 10. Acts 18, 9 and 10. And the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no man will attack you in order to harm you. For I have many people in this city. Even Paul, the great apostle Paul, who took the gospel out into the world, into the Gentile world, even he was afraid. And and Jesus came to him. And uh, Paul wrote it down, or Luke wrote it down for us about Paul, telling Paul not to be afraid, but to keep on speaking and not be silent. Why? For I am with you. Right back to Isaiah as we began. Why not to be afraid? God is with us. And here... um, where it's confirmed to us that God knows that we will be afraid from time to time, that we will have anxiety or worry and he tells us in his word how to fight when fear and anxiety strike because God knows that they are the flaming arrows of the evil one that Paul talks about in Ephesians 6 verse 16. So then, our response to the person who has to deal with feelings of anxiety, sometimes every day, is really to say, well, that's more or less normal. Our issue is, how do we fight those feelings and gain the victory over over them? And the answer to that question is wrapped up in the following statement. All anxiety and fear takes hold of us when we have not understood or not believed a truth about God or His promise to us. It follows then that the way we fight anxiety and overcome it is by fighting against our unbelief and fighting for faith. And the way you fight this good faith, good fight, is by reading and meditating on God's assurances of his grace, by asking for the help of his spirit and by proclaiming aloud the truth of his word. We read the promises of God and we pray for the help of his spirit to enable us to hand over our fear and anxiety to the one whom we know is capable of doing exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think. That's Ephesians 3 verse 20. Ultimately we only hold on to fear and or anxiety because we do not trust God. And whenever we find ourselves not trusting God it is because we don't know him well enough. That is the real issue for believers in the Lord Jesus. We have a lot of fear because we have a lot of unbelief. Every time we are fearful Fearful of something God tells us not to fear, it is a moment when God is exposing our unbelief or our lack of knowledge. And He is showing us a place in our souls that is not yet fully under the role, under the rule of Jesus Christ. Israel's conquering the promised land is the picture God has given us of fighting unbelief. If we go back to the Old Testament and look at Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy uh, 31, verse 5 to 8. The Lord um, will deliver them up before you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites. Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you will go with this people into the land, which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The Israelites here are just on the edge of the promised land. they have been wandering in the wilderness, and now they are about to go into the land that God promised them hundreds of years before to their um, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were being called to face their fears, trusting that the Lord was with them even when they could not see him. Because in doing that, they would be strengthened and established and enabled to trust him further. This is the key to a life of faith. This is the key to a life of victory. We must be confident of that which we cannot see, that which we cannot touch. We must be confident. That God will do what he says he will do. That he is all that he says that he is. And the Israelites here, they didn't just fight one battle. They didn't have to just face their fears once. Their first place they're going to go into is Jericho. And they had to walk around that city seven times and then trust that the Lord will bring the walls down. And they did. And they saw God's mighty power. But they didn't just have that. Uh, that one miracle, that one sign, and then everything else was rosy in their garden. No, they had to continually face a new battle, a new giant, if you like, a new area of unbelief. And in that way, God grew them and established them and strengthened them into the people that he wanted them to be. So today, if the Lord has you facing fortresses and giants... And you find yourself fearful, hear his words and be encouraged to press on. Isaiah 35, verse 4. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Romans 8, verse 32. Or verse 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And Mark 5, verse 36. Mark five thirty-six. But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer only believe. And remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is something good, something that God designed, not the devil. God designed fear so that we would run to him. Fear is meant to be a mercy. Its purpose is to direct us to safety. When we are in the right place with God, we fear the Lord and that fear causes us to resist the devil and turn away from all sorts of evil. Satan comes at you with all sorts of fears because he does not want you to run the race set before you. And if he can't stop you running, then he will weigh you down and try to chain you up with those same fears. The devil perverts reality with his lies. He wants us to fear him. Not consciously, of course, but he wants us to fear evil and turn away from God. He wants us to believe that God is not in control, that there is a danger that will harm us around every corner, that we won't have enough, that our children will come to harm, that God will never be enough. He wants to draw us away from God and to draw us towards him rather than to God. And if he can convince us of any of these things, he effectively controls us. I'm recording this a few days after the um, attack at Westminster when uh, a man drove a car uh, across Westminster Bridge and into some uh, civilians, pedestrians, where a police officer was stabbed and died. We are facing difficult times, war, rebellion, horror, tragedy, everywhere we look. And the enemy is putting before us all sorts of horrors to cause us to panic, to be anxious and to forget that we belong to the one who has created all, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who said, take courage, I have overcome the world. Satan says to us in a thousand ways, you are not safe anywhere. Your trust in God is a foolish trust. Your God is not going to deliver you and he continually shoots those flaming darts at precisely our most vulnerable places. So how can we keep running the race of faith in a world of fear, with an unseen enemy haunting us? Luke um, chapter 8, verse 22 to 25. Jesus is um, with his disciples and um they are going to get in a boat and cross the sea luke chapter 8 verse 22 to 25 now on one of those days jesus and his disciples got into a boat and he said to them let us go over to the other side of the lake so they launched out but as they were sailing along he fell asleep and a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake and they began to be swamped and to be in danger They came to Jesus and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the surging waves and they stopped and it became calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. To the disciples, the storm looked stronger than Jesus and they panicked. Often the storms of our life look so strong that they uh, almost overwhelm us, that we, they're almost drowning us, and we panic. But here Jesus said to them, he rebuked the storm and it stopped, and he said to them, where is your faith? And what he meant was, what about me? Do you not yet understand? And instilling the storm, he showed them who he is. And why they should trust him. When we do the same thing, when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, when we put our active trust in him, then we experience the truth that Peter tells us about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. 1 Peter um, chapter 1, verse 5. Well, I'm going to actually start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, So what are some of the promises of God that we are to believe and through which he protects us? God forgives all your sins, 1 John 1 verse 9. If you you, uh, confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. John 16, verse 33, um, take courage, I have overcome the world. First Corinthians 10, verse 13, no temptation, no trial, no test has seized you that God has not already provided for. Luke 8:25 as we've just seen you can have peace in any storm of life John 11:26 I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me will never die John 3:16 you have eternal life and nothing now will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus Romans 8:38 and 39 Every promise that God has ever made to his people, he will fulfil for you in Christ Jesus. If you abide in Jesus and his word abides in you, whatever you ask will be done for you. The Holy Spirit will flow out of your heart like rivers of living water and your soul will never hunger and thirst again. These are the promises of God to his children. And finally Romans 8:28 God will cause all things to work together for good for you These promises are both the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit that God has given you Know these promises, these assurances, like you know the back of your hand. Ask the Spirit of Christ to give you understanding of them and speak them out aloud, wielding them as you would a sword. Put your trust in them, believing these and many more that will protect you from the work of the enemy as you run the race set before you. Resist the devil. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God by acknowledging that only he can protect you and that he has promised to do so. Stand against the lies and deception and temptation of the enemy that seeks to draw you away and destroy your witness. Lay aside the sin that so easily entangles. Lay aside the encumbrances of your fears and actively believe. Shout out if you have to. Put your trust in Jesus and hear him say, I am running with you and I am stronger. Than Satan. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for um, your word, which is um, yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Thank you for all the promises that you make to us, telling us that we need not be afraid that we can run to you when fear attacks from the enemy. Lord God, I pray that uh, you would help me to do that. Help us to do that, Father. To saturate our mind with your word, with your promises, and then to stand on those promises. Lord God, help us to speak them aloud, to ask your spirit to make them real in our hearts, and to put our trust in you every day. In Jesus' name glory Amen. thanks for listening be sure to check out the website at desiringtruth.org.uk for more information on events and series like these